Good morning. Happy, fantastic Friday. And we're so glad you're here with us today on a Friday before holiday. And I'm excited that we have an honored, honored guest here today, Meredith Elliott Powell. And guess what? She's coming to us from Houston and she's fixing to take the stage in a keynote right after this. Now that's dedication. Thank <laughs> you, Meredith, for saying that you can still come. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to do the show and excited to be keynoting on a Friday before a holiday. Wow. All in one day. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Now, Meredith is a global award-winning high energy, as you can tell, uh, business growth, sales, and leadership expert. And she's one of the top 100 sales experts on LinkedIn. Now, not only is she engaging and does a powerful keynote speaker, she delivers it all. She delivers motivation, entertainment, and powerful content. And I can testify to this. And we are so happy to have you, Meredith. Welcome to the headquarters of Remarkable Lay Speakers Bureau and all our audience out there today. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, our conversation. Always love working with you, Sue. You are a dream to work with. Let me just tell you, she certainly is. Anything that I need, she's there for me. Now, just grab your coffee or tea. I've got my tea. And let's hear just how remarkable Meredith is. Now, Meredith, now I see that you are known as the expert on uncertainty in the marketplace. Now, let me ask you, how did that ever become your area of expertise? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I feel like I've always kind of uh, spoken and helped people navigate an uncertain uh, marketplace. But a couple of years ago, long before we ever thought about COVID or thought there would be war in Europe again or all the other things that are happening in the marketplace, I was talking with my clients and listening just like you do with your bureau. And everybody was speaking the same language. They were having great years. It was 2018 and 19. But everybody was saying the same thing. They were worried about uncertainty when the ball would drop, when things would shift. And I just started to think, why does uncertainty always have to be a bad thing? And how far could your company go and what could you accomplish if you believed that uncertainty was a positive, if you could actually use it to take your organization, your team to the next level? And that basically put me on a mission to begin to crack the code on what's the biggest challenge facing leaders today. How do you successfully navigate uncertainty? Not only you, but how do you get your teams excited about the shifts coming in the marketplace? And even when disruption is negative, how can you use it to propel your organization to the next level? That is so true. How, you know, it, it, everybody's in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. the one, it's the one thing you can guarantee we're going to get more of. Wow. Now that is not a negative because <laughs> we're going to find out today how we can avoid and handle this. Now, let me ask you this today. Why do business owners and leaders and companies, what are they going to need to master uncertainty. 
Yeah, I think the first thing you've got to do, it was certainly the first thing that um, that I discovered with uh, with organizations and leaders that actually navigated uncertainty successfully is number one is mindset. Now, this is nothing new, but what you've really got to do is do the foundational work to believe that uncertainty can lead to opportunity. And if you study history, you'll see that it does. I mean, you know, uncertainty creates fear in people and fear is a negative. It shuts people down. Uncertainty is a guarantee. You're always going to have uncertainty. But the other thing about uncertainty is that there is always an upside. Always. You can look back at um, World War I, World War II. You can look back at the Great Depression. You can look back at the Spanish flu and some of our greatest inventions. Some companies really found massive opportunity. So you've got to work first on the mindset. You have to believe that there is a path forward. And if you can do the work on the mindset, that's the one piece that I can help you with, but that choice is up to you. We can give you the methodology. We can give you the strategies that you can use to move uncertainty into major opportunity. That is um, remarkable because it it is true. Mm -hmm. This is nothing new, but it just seems like it is. Yeah, it just, it, it does because we're not through it and we're, you're right. I can see that there are challenges mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've seen the mistakes and all that business leaders, owners, companies have made in relation to uncertainty in these times, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the tips and strategies that you could share with us so that I'm, I'm feeling positive now. I really <laughs> You've done it for me because it is a mindset. Yeah. And you have to know that. So what are the tips? Yeah. So number one is, you know, to really master the mindset piece is you do have to have a vision. And I know that sounds trite that everybody talks about a vision, but a vision is a really powerful piece of getting through uncertainty. You have to see the other side of where you're going to uh, to come out. Um, the reason is, is that most people shut down in the face of uncertainty. As I said, it, it creates fear in people. And I use the example a lot when I speak from the stage of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. I can't imagine what it was like to fight for civil rights, but I imagine it was one step forward and 10 steps back. But in the I Have a Dream speech, what Martin Luther King Jr. did was painted a vision, painted what the world would look like if people kept going and kept fighting. So you have to have that vision to carry you through. But the other piece and the one, the strategy that I love the most is when I started studying uncertainty, I went to the U.S. military because I don't know any organization that has to deal with uncertainty more than the U.S. military. I mean, you can prepare, you can train, you still have no idea what the enemy is going to do. And there's a great term in the military called embrace the suck. And probably the biggest mistake I see business owners make is they don't embrace the suck. And what I mean by that is you have to embrace your reality. Let's take an example right now. Everybody is complaining about employment. You can't find people to work. Well, most people are taking the idea that, well, eventually people will come back into the workforce. That's a mistake. 
if this is our reality and you're going to be short on workers, you're going to be short on people who are passionate, engaged, how are you going to work through that problem? The example that we use in the book is we studied Jim Beam, the whiskey company. And you think you have to deal with problems? Jim Beam had to deal with prohibition. This little idea that at any moment, what you do for a living could become illegal. Now, I'm not going to give you the strategies there, but what Jim Beam did to navigate, he embraced the suck. While all of his competitors said prohibition would never become law, he embraced it. He said, what would I do and how would I get my company through it if prohibition did become law? And when it did, he navigated it successfully. Everybody else declared bankruptcy. So you've got to embrace the suck, deal with the reality in front of you, and you will find a path through. I love that. Yeah. Suck. Yes. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> and I can now see as a speaker in our industry, when all things hit at one time, did we do that? Yeah. Some of us did and some of us didn't. And you can really see the difference. But, you know, Sue, I love that you said that as speakers, because I think that one of the powerful things about our industry is that our job is to embrace the suck. I mean, that is what we bring to meetings and events and to audiences saying, this is the reality that you're dealing it. I jumped into the deep end. I figured out how to navigate it. And now I'm going to come back and make that path easier for you. That's certainly what I tried to do with uncertainty. The moment that my client said, this is a problem, this is a challenge, then we have to find a path through to them. And to me, that's the value of bringing a speaker in is to say, I understand the biggest challenges and I have the solutions for you on how to navigate those. And I think that goes to the mindset and concept of speakers today considering virtual versus in-person. Right. Do you not agree? Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, along with that, I think it's important too. We've got to do what our clients are comfortable doing. Certainly, if they want to have a virtual event, let's do it. And we've had to figure out how to engage people, how to get that message across, how to, how to bridge that virtual wall so that people still get the takeaways. If you want to get together in person, Absolutely. And also the hybrid model is still alive and well. We've got to do what our audiences are comfortable doing, yet still making sure that the messages are getting across and people are getting the support they need to navigate today's uncertain marketplace. I agree totally with that because I was one proponent that virtual is here to stay and we're that's a, an acceptance yes, of, of where we're at. And we're hearing, we're seeing lots of comments come through. Right. That mindset is key to it. Yeah. To any industry that you're in, it's yeah. a mindset today. Yeah. You know, the thing that I find fascinating about mindset and the more and more research I do on mindset is that your brain really is nothing more than a computer and it will find what you feed it. I think that's amazing because the one thing that you need to get through uncertainty is a positive mindset and you control your mindset. 
if you feed it a vision of where you want to be, if you see yourself one year from now with a fully engaged team, if you see yourself one year from now with a business that has grown 25%, if you see yourself with a, with a company that has figured out the supply chain, if you feed your mind that vision, your mind will find the opportunities. Now, I'm not all kumbaya and all you have to do is have a great mindset and you're going to figure it out. You need the other steps of the strategy. You need to learn from what these leaders that have gone before us and seen far bigger challenges than we've ever seen. But that mindset is key because they have proven with research. If I believe that it's doomsday, my brain will find doomsday. If I believe there's opportunity, my brain will find opportunity. So do the work on the mindset. And that is so true. I mean, today we're seeing that more and more. And it was just kind of an accepted thing. But now it's, you have to. You yeah. have to. And that's work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yes, it, 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 certainly, um, it certainly is. Because we all have... We all have days where it feels like uh, where you know where it certainly feels like 10, te- 10 steps backwards. And it's not enough just to have a positive mindset. I certainly don't want to leave that out there. I mean, that's why there's eight other steps to the strategy. But it is the foundational uh, it is the foundational piece. And you know, Sue, I think it's so interesting as leaders, we have to understand that only two percent of the population is visionary. Twelve percent are strategic, and the rest of us are tactical thinkers. It's why people get stuck when things become challenging. They can only see what's right in front of them, and that is the big obstacle. And as leaders, we have to help them see beyond the obstacle and see what is possible. And I think that's a role that speakers, I think it's something speakers bring to the table as well. You're right. I mean, this this is really key, starting with mindset, but that's not the finish. And taking people along on a vision. I just love that. But, you know, those are the key things that we've got to do. Now, I see that you have, and I heard about this, a new research report on the state of uncertainty and the impact on American businesses today. Can you share some things of that with us? Yeah, this is actually, it's very exciting. This is our second year doing the study. So we've got some benchmarks over um, 2000, uh, 2021, how uncertainty was impacting business and how it's impacting business today. And the areas that we're drilling down into is how does uncertainty impact innovation? How does it impact employee engagement? And how does it impact uh, sales and marketing? The three biggest areas of concern for organizations. And what our study has figured out is that if you don't address these areas, if you don't have a plan for uncertainty, if you don't communicate it well to your team, it's going to shut down innovation. Ironically, the one thing that you need to navigate an uncertain marketplace, it's going to actually further disengage an already disengaged uh, workforce. And it's going to negatively impact bottom line results and growth, negatively impact your ability to uh, drive sales and increase marketing. So in the study, we um, interviewed over 800 CEOs 
about how they're navigating today's uncertain marketplace, what they're seeing as the biggest challenges, and then the innovative solutions that they are bringing to the table around those particular buckets. One other thing that I'll say is that um, there was a lot of energy for uncertainty in 2020 and 2021. People were running to the sound of the gunfire, ready to take action. What our new study has revealed is that people are exhausted. The uncertainty hasn't pulled back. It's gotten it's gotten worse and it's gotten more prevalent and people are starting to shut down. Again, I really want to caution leaders you need a plan and a strategy and you need to communicate well how you're going to navigate uncertainty because if you don't if your team shuts down if they say we're worn out and it's understandable because again it isn't getting less uncertainty we're seeing more uncertainty but if you don't have a plan to address it it's going to negatively impact those three buckets innovation engagement and bottom line results the very things you need to drive your organization forward and I think we're seeing that and what I see all over is that we need to take care of our teams. We need yes. to take care of our people. They're demanding it from us and as leaders. So how do we do that? How yes. does that work? Yeah. You know, I, interestingly enough, um, everybody's talking about benefits. Everybody's talking about salaries. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about all the icing on the cake that we want to give people. And I don't want to take anything away from that. I mean, those things are important, but they are icing on the cake. If you don't have the foundational pieces in place, then people are still going to leave and they're still going to be, I think the new term out there is, uh, is quiet, uh, quiet quitters, which is a new term, but certainly an old concept. Um, but what people want in an uncertain environment, what they want more than anything is they want control. Ironically, the one thing they can't have is the one thing they want. But as leaders, we can provide some semblance of control by making sure that people have a voice in what's happening. Rather than leading people from a standpoint of telling them what to do, asking them, listening to them, and using their ideas and opinions, make them feel like they're doing work that matters, like they're contributing, like they are a part of something bigger than themselves. 47 million people resigned voluntarily from their jobs in 2021. And of those, one in five, according to Gallup, are already looking for another opportunity. You can see that as a negative. I see it as a massive opportunity. It tells me people are still looking for something. And it isn't money. It isn't salaries. It is this idea that I want to feel like I'm contributing. I want to be somewhere where I have a voice and I'm part of what is going on. So we do a great program called Attrition um, uh, to Attraction, where we talk about more than um, the, the employee you know, the employee engagement situation has changed. Today's employees have changed and you have to understand who they are and what they're looking for. And again, salary bonuses, those types of things matter, but those foundational pieces really need to be there. That is so true. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. It's like, did we not get that? Yeah. But 
let me ask you this. There's a question coming through on our chat that said one of the most effective steps in the mindset and doing like this is the adjustment of what we imagine. How do we do that? How do we help others maybe effectively change that strategy of how they imagine things? Do we have to paint the picture, the vision, uh, the picture, the big picture differently? Yeah, we we really do. We we have to um, we have to give people a vision. Again, I can't emphasize enough that so much of the population is tactical. They only see what is right in front of them. So they get stuck on the obstacle and you have to see them. You, you, um, you have to help them see beyond that. However, I want to talk a little bit more about this embrace the suck strategy. We use a tool, um, in embrace the suck that allows you to start to control change rather than changing than than change controlling you. The reason we hate change so much is because we sit there and we wait for change to happen. And if you want to lead your team through change, start getting them to be proactive. And we use a tool called a skeptic, which is nothing more than a set of words called society, competition, economics, politics, technology, industry, and customers. Skeptic is the um, acronym for that. And I encourage my clients to say, every couple of months, gather your team together and ask them, what changes do you see happening in society? What's happening economically? What's happening politically? What's happening with our customers? And then ask the question, what if any of those shifts do we need to be paying attention to now? That simple exercise helps people start to predict the future. And when you predict the future, you can start to make some changes now that make you feel like you're driving change rather than change driving you. And that is a really powerful shift, both physically and from a mindset standpoint. So again, you paint the vision, but allow people to have some control over the changes that are happening to them. Exactly. And that is powerful. Yeah. We see that today. I mean, when we look at uh, what we were doing before, how can we change that? You know, this is what comes in in inclusion. You yeah. know, we, we want to be included. All of us do. And also it comes into just caring. Mm-hmm. Now we come out to this kindness thing. It's really part of that because they, they want you to know that you see them as, as the person and the valuable person they are. So that's part of it and recognition of that and listening. Again, you said originally listening. Yeah. That, that's, that's key to, to leaders today. Now, let me ask you this. What difference can it make for a business owner, a leader, a company, if they have a plan in place for productivity that deals with uncertainty? Do you think that's happening? You know, I think that um, I think what literally happens with leaders and it's understandable, the moment that uncertainty hits, we as leaders get fear, get get fearful uh, as well. And so what we do is we double down and we hold on to things and we start to tell people what to do because we want more control of the situation, just like people want more control of the situation. But that actually shuts down 
productivity. Listen, I'm a master certified strategic planner, and I would take a strategic plan that was weak, developed by the people that have to implement it, rather than a masterpiece created by executive leadership. The power is engaging people's ideas and letting them be heard and letting them see that that they own some of the strategies that you're putting in place. So the key to productivity is to actually ask people how to solve a problem. If you need to increase sales, if supply chain isn't working, if you don't have enough good employees, stop coming up with the solutions at the executive level. Start asking people on your team what they think and what their ideas are. Number one, you'll get some really good ideas, but more importantly, they will own those ideas. And when people own the ideas, they increase productivity. It is always people support what they create. And even if they don't have a good idea, you still get credit that you asked. And that credit will increase productivity. I do wanna say one more thing though about productivity. We use a great tool in the book called um, strategy number eight is shed fast and keep moving. And the tool that we use around this, it's a great story about Martin Guitars, which was started in the 1800s and why they're still alive and well in Nazareth, Pennsylvania um, today, um, despite the fact that they're some of the highest quality and highest priced guitars uh, in, in the industry. But every couple of months, I suggest to my clients, you reflect on the last couple of months and ask yourself three questions. What are you doing that is really growing the business? What do you need to double down on? We call this seeds. What do you need to be doing more of? Weeds are, what do you need to do less of? What do you need to stop doing? What isn't working anymore? Because you need to understand that through no fault of your own in a high shifting marketplace, some of the things that you're doing right now won't work six months from now. Not because you did anything wrong, but because the marketplace shifted. And needs are, what do you need to be doing that you're not doing that could take your business to another level? That seeds, weeds, and, te- and needs keeps you from being busy and moves you into productive. Oh, wow. that That's great. Now, the book that you've been referring to is called what? Thrive, turning uncertainty into competitive uh, advantage. That's right. You've got it. You've got it right there. And it is um, it is an award winning book based on uh, nine companies that have been around for over 250 years and qualitative and quantitative research that that produced a nine step proven methodology for shifting how you think, feel, act and the results you get in an uncertain marketplace. Well, you know, here at Remarkable, I love it because my speakers provide me with their latest material because that helps me understand where you're coming from, what you have to offer, and we we create a bookcase and we showcase it because it's important. People want to know where they can get. They can't see you every day like today. They can't see you every day. They can't have you in front of them maybe every day but they do have something that they can find and keep referring to. And that's what the power of the written word does is validate what and give you that credibility of what you've told us today. And golly, it seems like 
it went by fast. I know. It, 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 <laughs> it, uh, it, 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 certainly, it certainly did. But always, um, always talking with you, Sue, is, uh, is easy and even easier to, uh, to work with you. And I love the, uh, the thank you so much to the audience and just how engaged uh, you, have, you have been. It makes interviews like this so much more fun. It does. It does. And I have one closing question for you. Okay. <laughs> what will you do today to be remarkable? Mm, that is always easy for me. I'm at an event right here in Houston, Texas, and I am a big believer. If you build your network, you will change your life. Anytime I walk into a room and I am about to walk into a room of over 600 people, I'm going to make sure that I meet and connect with at least three and build a couple of new relationships because I find the more people I meet, the more people I invest in, the richer my life and my work becomes. That is ideally what all of us should be about. <laughs> that works. And my challenge to our audience today to take home today is what are you going to do to become remarkable? Um, more today. And this didn't, I didn't make this up. I have to give credit to one of our speakers that Hardy Smith said, these are great questions to ask about remarkable. And I said, I'm tagging on to that. Yeah. <laughs> and today we are so grateful to have you today. And if my audience here saw anything that you would like to have at your organization or any more you'd want to hear from Meredith, you just call us up here, uh, let us know, and we can plan that event, meeting, whatever it takes. Right, Meredith? Absolutely. Yes. I'd love to I'd love to work with you. All right, because I would love to work with you too. So again, I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful time with us. And I wish everyone out there a very remarkable Labor Day and join us back here next Friday, where our guest will be Lee Saltz, who is a award-winning sales management strategist. And you know, Lee, so it's going to be an exciting time too. So again, thank you everyone. And we will see you next Friday. Bye. Bye.